become transparent with yourself so that you can understand your numbers. And yes, go out, hire an accountant, go out and do these things, but you need to understand the numbers yourself. Hey friends, it's Steve. If I offered to write a client getting book for you in just 60 days, would you take me up on it? I've recorded a 15 minute video showing you our magnetic author method and explaining how it all works. It's up now at magneticauthor.co slash video. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and we've got a fantastic interview for you today. I am talking with Jeff Badu. He is a parallel entrepreneur and a wealth multiplier, and we're going to find out exactly what he means by that uh, as we get into it. He's a licensed uh, CPA, certified public accountant. He is the founder and CEO of Badu Enterprises, LLC, and his purpose in life is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. That is a big goal. I have to tell you, I uh, Jeff and I just met you know, in the few minutes leading up to us starting this interview. And uh, I'm already impressed and I know you will be too. He's got a heck of a story and we're going to dive into it. So uh, Jeff Badu, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Definitely appreciate you for having me today. It's always an honor and a blessing to be able to speak to, you know, like-minded people. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So you were sharing with me before we started the the kind of journey that you've been on and it's not been a very long journey at least from my perspective maybe it's been been a long journey from your perspective but um for those who are listening and, and not watching this on youtube uh you're a pretty young guy and and uh i think you rattled off three companies and and uh a nonprofit that that you've started so mm -hmm. give us just so we have some context give us give us your background how you got to this point of your career and then we'll kind of take it from there yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, Steve. And for those curious to know, I am currently 28 years old and my birthday is actually in August of every year. Um, so with that being said, I was born and raised in Ghana and Ghana is on the west side of Africa, for those who don't know. And basically, you know, came to the United States when I was eight years old. And when I was in Ghana, things weren't all that tough. You know, I was a smart kid, went to school, did whatever I had to do, had some friends, you know, all that good stuff. But when I came to the U.S., it was actually a bit of a struggle. And I would say that in life, your struggles truly determine your, your journey, right? Your struggles make you in a way because you have to find solutions to those struggles. So basically, I was put into a neighborhood called Uptown in Chicago. And for those who may not know of Uptown, at the time, right, this was back in 2001, um, it, was, it wasn't the best neighborhood on the planet. And so for me, I had to get acclimated to a new neighborhood, a new environment. And then in general, I had to get used to American lifestyle. So I had two in one. Um, long story short, I ended up in the wrong crowd and did some things that you would not want a child to be involved with, you know, so... For me, it was a very, very tough time, but it made me who I am today. It put really the fire in everything that I do because at the age of 16, I took a trip back to Ghana. And that's when I discovered my purpose in life, which is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. You're probably wondering how in the world did I do that? Well, we took a trip back to Ghana, myself and my family, 
Uh, we took a trip back to Ghana just uh, for vacation. Little did I know that would be the most life-changing moment of my life. I saw struggle firsthand with my own two eyes. I saw a lady, for example, who had two babies, not one, but two babies wrapped around her back. And she had a huge load, you know, a basket full of apples, oranges, you know, bread, whatever it is, whatever it took to make ends meet to feed her family. She went ahead and sold it to somebody. And I say, you know what? I'm meant to help somebody like that. I'm meant to help the super hungry. Someone who I'm looking in their own two eyes and their eyes are as red as you can imagine. Own two eyes. And I'm like, you know what? I need to help people like her because I clearly understand that she wants to do more in life, right? I clearly understand that she wants to feed her family. But at the same time, the fact that she has two babies wrapped around her back and is selling day and night lets me know that she needs a bit more in life, right? She, she probably needs a bit more handholding. She needs to unpack the resources that are on this planet, for example, a daycare center. Um, for example, a, you know, something that allows her to manage the business as opposed to selling apples, oranges, whatever it took to make ends meet. So I said, I want to help people that, that are like her, which is where the super hungry component comes from. And so from that day forward, I decided I will go 10 times harder in everything that I do, whether I'm on a podcast, whether I'm speaking to a large group of people. Um, whether I'm doing a tax return, whether I'm coaching my team, um, no matter what it is. And at the time it was whether I was doing homework or whether I was on the sports team, I would go 10 times harder because I knew that I was equipped with the resources by coming to the United States of America, the land of the free home of the brave. And for me to throw away the resources, you know, before that point, it didn't really make any sense. So I really, really sat down and thought through, I need to do better. I surrounded myself with more like-minded people. I got a mentor and I also got closer to, you know, to Christ, essentially. Um, my, my religion really allowed me or my spiritual, I should say, my spiritual life allowed me to move in the right direction. And that's what led me to go into the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, where I was the very first person from my high school, Uplift Community High School, to get accepted into the U of I, the prestigious U of I. And that started out in 2010. And when I was starting there, I was also building my business plan. And that's known today as Badu Tax Services LLC, which is a CPA firm or a tax firm that does tax preparation, tax planning, and tax representation for individuals and businesses across all 50 states in the U.S. And we also um, have clients in over 25 countries. So that little baby started off as a business plan in 2010. And then in 2014, I got my bachelor's degree in accounting. 2015, got my master's degree in accounting. While I was there, I was also interning and working at PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP or PwC, which was one of the big four public, public accounting firms in the world, which still is today. Um, fast forward to 2016, I got my CPA license, left PwC because I was fed up. I wanted more freedom. I wanted to unleash my potential of infinite. Um, and that's where I became a full-time entrepreneur and so on September 16th, 2016. How about that? That's my youngest son's birthday. <laughs> you so, <laughs> you know, what you just described, like if I, if I go back and, and think through the timeline, you said that business plan started in 2010 um, and yes, you graduated sir. four years later. So by my math, that, that business plan either started your freshman or early in your sophomore year in college. Exactly. Freshman year in college. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Most freshmen in college aren't mm -hmm. thinking about creating a business plan. They're thinking about where's the mm. next fraternity party. Right. <laughs> exactly. So where, where'd the inspiration for all of that come from? I mean, in life, motivation is a fire from within. They say, um, if someone else lights that fire under you, chances are it's going to burn very briefly. That's from Stephen R. Covey. And so with that, basically, the, the motivation has to come from within. The fire needs to come from within. You know, for me, part of my upbringing as a child growing up in Ghana, Ghana is a culture where it's very entrepreneurial. I mean, you've got to go out and get it. You know, you've got to put food on the table. You've got to make ends meet. There's no government programs, Section 8, you know, food stamps, none of that stuff. Right. So if you want to survive, you've got to go out and get it. So with that being said, growing up watching that, like watching people hustle, that said, you know what, maybe I should do the same thing, too. You are what you be, you know, what you grow up watching. Um, so what happened was if somebody gave me a piece of candy, like chocolate, I wouldn't eat the candy. I would thank them, but I wouldn't eat it myself. I would go out and sell it as well. So that entrepreneur spirit came up early. This one, I was like five years old. My parents are also entrepreneurs. My dad is a real estate developer. My mom is also into real estate and also into you know retail. So it really comes from within. And then when I saw that struggle moment in 26, I'm sorry, when I was 16 in 2008. So in 2008, essentially, I said, if I'm to go back to doing what I was doing before, life wouldn't work out too well because I knew what it, what it is like to be like on that side. And I didn't want to be on that side. So I said, I am never going back. I'm never going back. And the only way to truly do that is to start my own business. One that becomes successful, one that becomes big enough so that I can step away from working in the business and to more so working on the business. You know, and then I can also build passive income through real estate. That way my income is never something I'm going to be worried about because there's enough of it to sustain my lifestyle, to pay off bills, whatever it is. Um, so for me, I don't want to be on that side. I want to be on the abundant side. I want to be on the good side. And I want to motivate people, you know, to do the same as well. That's fantastic. So you've started this tax business, you work with business owners, we got a lot of business owners listening. If you could give them, you know, one or two pieces of advice around taxes. Where do, where do business owners tend to make their biggest mistakes when it comes to taxes? I mean, for one, it's, I think in general, it's lack of understanding, lack of wanting to know, which is defined as ignorance. Um, so I see business owners that are far too ignorant when it comes to this topic. It's like, yeah, let me just hand it off to this guy, this accountant, and I'm not going to see it ever again. You know, and that's not the way life works. You still have to at least understand what the numbers mean. At a minimum, ask somebody to explain to you. So I think the, the big challenge with business owners is they love doing what they do. Yeah, they might bake cake, they might do law, they might make computers, whatever it is, they love doing that stuff. But then they forget about the other things that matter too, the numbers, you know, the legal side, the marketing, they, they forget about those things, especially when it comes to the numbers. So my advice to business owners is really become transparent with yourself so that you can understand your numbers. And yes, go out, hire an accountant, go out and do these things, but you need to understand the numbers yourself. And then on top of that, since there's lack of transparency, they end up overpaying in taxes. 
They don't know about write-offs. They don't know about loopholes. They don't know about any of that stuff until they come to one of my webinars or something like that. Um, so with that being said, number one is ignorance, you know, to be, to put it very blatantly. And number two is just overpayment of taxes. Wow. Yeah, I, I could, I can totally see that. So you do regular webinars, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I do a webinar pretty much every week and, you know, just talking about financial literacy, raising awareness on financial topics. Cause I love doing that. I can speak all day, every day about, you know, finances, taxes, real estate, things of that nature. So it's just something I love doing. Oh, that's great. So can anybody attend these? Yeah, definitely. I mean, anybody can attend them. They're usually posted all over my social media channels. Um, and then they're also on my main website, which is jeffbadu.com. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll link that up. Um, there may be some people who are kind of uh, worried about the tax man and, and want to come learn something. <laughs> exactly. So, so you got the, the accounting firm. Yes, sir. What um, what happened next? You, because I know you've built these other businesses. So how did how did you get into those things? Yeah, great great question. Um, so a wise man once told me his name is Robert Kiyosaka. Um, I'm sorry, Robert Kiyosaki. Right, Robert Kiyosaki, Mr. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He once told me in his book that you've got to build passive income. You can't just rely on one stream of income. The average millionaire, they say, has about five to seven streams minimum, right, of income. So with that being said, I said, okay, well, what if, God forbid, my leg breaks today? Will I be able to do taxes? I probably would, to be honest. Oh, well, what if my arm broke? Would I be able to do taxes? Probably not, because I need my arms to do the taxes. Well, the thing is, you've got to build passive income, because if you can't work, and you can't feed your family, you can't sustain, now that fire in you as an entrepreneur all of a sudden burns out because now it's like, man, I've got to keep working. And what if you can't work, you know? And so with that, I decided in 2017 to build Badu Investments LLC, which is my real estate investment company. So what we do is we invest in apartment buildings, mainly on the south side of Chicago. These are rental properties. What we do is we provide good and stable housing to tenants in exchange they give us cash flow that we earn on a monthly basis. You know, so that allowed me to basically be free of my time and allowed me to not not stress about money. You know, oftentimes we're stressing about money. And it's like, man, money is like killing marriages nowadays. It's crazy. I'm like, I don't want money problems. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to invest my money into passive income sources that can feed me every single month to the point where I don't even need my main income from my tax firm, my CPA firm, to pay bills, to, to live life, to take vacations, whatever it is. Um, so with that being said, I built a passive income stream Badu Investments LLC, um, and then also built um, Badu Life and Health Solutions LLC, which is my um, life insurance agency. And what we do is we provide life insurance products and solutions to individuals, families, and small businesses. And my beautiful wife, Yvonne, is the CEO of that company. Um, and, you know, she takes charge of that. And then, so there's actually 12 companies, Steve, in the enterprise. But I'll just recap it with the fourth, <laughs> you know, the main one, at least from a, from a philanthropy standpoint. Because to me, none of what I'm doing really makes any sense or, or will it mean anything to me if I'm not giving back to the community. The reason why I started these businesses to begin with was to make an impact. So we started the Badu Foundation 
um, that was started last year, actually in 2020, literally, literally during the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. And so with that, what we do is we provide financial literacy education um, to the youth ages six to 18. We teach them on budgeting, saving, investing and scholarships. And we give them books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? So that they can really, really excel their financial literacy early. We don't want them to wait. We don't want them to start thinking scarcity mind. We want abundance mindset for these kids. And at the end of the program, they can repeat it every year. We give them a $500 scholarship. That's fantastic. Uh, how many kids have you had go through the program in the last year? Yeah. So when we started our inaugural program last um, in 2020, that had three students. And then in 2021, we have um, 30 students. And then in 2022, we're looking to do um, 100 and then we'll go to 300 and then 1,000 and so forth. We follow the 310 rule. Nice. So you're just, you're ramping right up. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So what was the biggest challenge in, in creating the foundation and, and doing all of that? Was it, was it COVID or was there some other thing? I mean, honestly, when you're starting something new, it's, it's kind of the doubts that you have in your mind. Um, by the way, greatest things in life are always on the opposite side of fear. You know, when you get rid of fear, it's like, life just becomes so much better. Um, so with that being said, it was sort more so are people willing to support the foundation? You know, is it something that only I have to pour my money into? Cause I believe in it. I, you know, I want to teach these kids, but are other people interested? So I knew that financial literacy was a big problem in the world today. And that's why when COVID happened, the government had to step in and bail people out because if they didn't, people would go bankrupt, basically. Um, so what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to provide a solution that says, you know what? I don't need government funding. I'm, I'm able to self-sustain. I'm able to support on my own. Um, so basically it was just that proof of concept. Like, yeah, the problem is there. I knew it was a problem. I've done so much research, so much studying on it, but is a solution that I'm providing something that people are interested in and will they actually support? And even to the point where I was like, are even enough students going to be serious to participate? And let's just say in 2021, we had over 350 applications and only 30 students got accepted. And we also were able to fund every single student that participated with a scholarship. So you had, you've got this influx of kids when, when they get in the program, you've had, I guess, 33 go through as mm -hmm. you're, you're really kind of getting your, your curriculum set. What's the attitude of, of the kids as they're going through this, when they're exposed to these topics that they're probably not hearing anywhere else? I mean, yeah, for one, these kids need to be hungry they need to be super hungry because to be picked out, you know, out of 350 people to be one of the 30 people, that means you got to have a certain amount of drive, a certain amount of hunger. So these kids are very, very hungry for the information. They eat it up um, after the class. So we do a pre-survey and then we do a post-survey. Pre-survey, usually, yeah, I don't know anything about financial literacy. I don't know anything about money. And then after the class, you're like, holy cow, you know, I can go out and buy a rental property now. We teach the kids how to make money from taking surveys, you know, how to make money from chores and taking that money, investing it into the stock market, into their favorite stocks like Apple. Um, so with that being said, yeah, these kids, when they come out of the program, they're very, very excited. They're enthusiastic about life. Um, another thing we're looking to solve is violence, right? And when, when a child 
mentally is on the abundance side. They're not thinking about, oh, let me go, you know, commit a crime. Let me go, go to the store and do, you know, God knows what. So they're not thinking about that stuff. They're thinking about, let me find a way to do some chores. Let me find a way to start a business. Let me find a way to get invested. Um, let me find a way to do something that's going to benefit me. And they tend to get more thrill out of life at the end of the day. Yeah, it seems like that abundance mindset is kind of uh, almost completely in conflict with mm-hmm. the mindset that would drive violence and, and crime mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. That all comes out of scarcity, like like you've mm-hmm. got to go, you know, and, and commit a crime to get the resources you need. I mean, when you when you really kind of break it down. So you're really kind of helping them see that yeah. there is this alternative way to to view the world. Exactly. Exactly. That is that is true. Yeah, there's always better ways to do things, and that's for sure. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you give us a, a story or two about uh, some of the kids that have been through the program? Yeah. So I mean, basically, we have um, you know we we have a student who. She was last year, I believe she was nine years old and she knew nothing about money, nothing about money. And now she's playing games like cash flow, like pretty much every day. You know, it's hard to get her away from cash flow nowadays. That's Robert Kiyosaki's uh, board game. Exactly. Robert Kiyosaki's board game. Exactly. So we took a student who knew nothing about finances. She went and got a savings account. She went and got an Acorns account, uh, which is the investment app. She went and started playing Rich Dad, I'm sorry, cash flow. She's basically being read, you know, she's reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She, what else did she do? She, she has a goal. She has a, a vision board now because at the beginning of the program, we asked the students to fill out a worksheet and they have to fill out, well, what are your goals? Like, how much money do you want by a certain date? And I think she put down like $100,000 by the age of 18. And I say, yeah, that's very doable. Well, now let's think about a plan. Let's think about an action plan. Nice thing with this program is they get to repeat the program every year as long as they reapply. So we get to find out about their progress. And we check in with them throughout the year. And we also invite them to different events um, during the year. So that would be an example of someone who knew nothing about money. Now she's talking abundance terms. You know, she's bringing up terms from rich dad, poor dad. Um, she, she, you can tell her mindset has shifted and you can tell that she, for some reason, she's starting to smile a lot more and she appears to be, you know, happier um, doing whatever it is she's doing. Yeah. You know, you could listen to all of this and go, oh, well, it, you know, it, they're making it all about the money, but it's really not about the money. It's the way you're thinking. Mm. Right. And one of my mentors is a guy named Dan Sullivan. And and he's got this saying, you know, if you have enough cash to solve a problem, you don't have a problem. And so money's a really useful tool. I mean, it has it, it maybe isn't the the end result that we're going for, you know, but it's a really useful tool. And it's a really great measure of the value that we're creating in the world. And I, I love the way that you're teaching them how to begin to think about that and reframe maybe the way that that they have thought about, you know, how to use money and how to use it to create a really great and abundant life and, uh, and then go out and hopefully impact other people the way that you're impacting them. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, so that's what it's all about. It's helping shift a scarcity mind to an abundant mind and allowing them to create their own lifestyle, right? Create an abundant lifestyle. And that's why for my purpose, it's not, oh, let's go make as much money as possible. No, um, it's using resources, infinite resources we have on this planet to go out and create your own abundant lifestyle. So whether you want to be a model, where you, whether you want to be um, an artist, whether you want to be an accountant, whatever it is you want to do, you can go ahead and do that. Understand that you will need some money behind it. And part of doing that is starting a business, taking your profits, reinvested in, into income producing assets such as real estate, and then making sure you're protecting your wealth utilizing vehicles such as life insurance. You know, so that's all part of the model of what it is we're teaching. I love it. I love it. Well, where can uh, people, you mentioned the website before, is that still the best place? Is that kind of the home base for everything? Yeah, so definitely um, my website is jeffbadu.com. Once again, that's jeffbadu.com. You can also catch me on social media at jbadu32 or jbadu32. Um, that's where I tend to post updates, different flyers, just different things going on in my life. But my main, if you want like the main, main source, um, is definitely going to be the jeffbadu.com website. Okay, so folks can go there if they've got tax questions and things like that. Oh, yeah. And if they want to get involved. Um, and I do hope uh, some folks listening are, are uh, thinking about getting involved in the foundation because I think you're doing some, some great stuff. So um, that's jeffbadu.com. We'll link that up in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, in a podcast app, just look in the show notes and click the link there. Or if you're listening on our website, you'll see it at the bottom of the post. Um, Jeff, thank you so much. This has been really awesome. You've uh, you've certainly done some some impressive things in uh, under 30 years on the planet. So uh, th thanks for creating some value out there. That's awesome. Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate the invitation. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.